Hello, this is your host Lee from Henderson Brown and welcome to today's episode of the Procurement Leaders Spotlight. This is an unfiltered journey into the stories of procurement leaders that have defined culture, achieved greatness and certainly have experiences worth passing on. To keep up to date with what's coming up, be sure to follow me on LinkedIn, Lee Bailey at Henderson Brown. I hope you enjoy the episode and let's get straight into it. So in today's episode, I'm going to be joined by Fraser Duncan, a group procurement director, someone who has sat on the board, a procurement leader with a track record of delivering significant value to market leading organizations through the transformation of procurement and supply chain. Hope you enjoy. Fraser, thanks for coming down today and uh, really appreciate your time. First thing we want to get into, um, really straight off the bat, procurement, you know, how did you get into it? Well, it was a long time ago. Uh, I actually took a management training program at ICI, uh, paint and chemicals business. And it was one of those classic sort of three-year rotations where you do one year in a different function. And so I I did a year in finance and hated it. Uh, Did a a year in procurement, absolutely loved it. And I was supposed to move on to marketing. Um, for my third and final year, but I just stayed in procurement. I, I uh, exited the scheme and just um, and stayed in procurement because I loved it so much. Perfect, yeah. And I think those types of schemes are really good. I mean, they give you the opportunity to obviously delve into different areas of the business and obviously you found procurement. I'm glad that you come up with a good story on that because often I get the answer of, oh, I fell into it kind of thing. Yeah. And it was just one of those things that happened and naturally progressed. Yeah, I'm, I'm glad that you kind of found it on your own kind of merit, so to speak. Yes. So in terms of then procurement, you know, what what is it, you know, you just mentioned about how you found it, you stuck with it, you stuck with it ever since. Mm. What what has gravitated to, to, to procurement? You know, what, what are you passionate about it? What excites you about it? Why do you stay within the function? Um, I think there are a few things that sort of naturally suit my... Uh, my character. Um, I, I, I'm analytical by nature. Yeah. Um, I'm quite strategic. Uh, I like numbers. Uh, and I like people. So uh, one one of the things that I like about procurement is that it's at that kind of junction in the business between um, suppliers, stakeholders, um, uh, and there's. There's the sort of the analysis and the numerical side to it as well. I just um, I'm really drawn to that. Um, in terms of what I'm passionate about, I'm really passionate about those relationships. So I like I like the people element of the job. I think procurement is a relationship business, ultimately, um, and so I like being at that junction between suppliers, stakeholders, occasionally customers as well. I really enjoy that. Um, the other thing I'm really passionate about is probably the ability to make a difference um, to a business. So it, you know, if you get procurement right, you, you can really change the fortunes of a business. And you know whether that's in reduction of cost, removal of risk, um, adding value, you know these are things that are that, that can really really impact a business truly change the fortunes and and I think that's something that a lot of businesses aren't aware of so I'm I'm quite driven and quite passionate about trying to 
to make that difference to a company. Yeah, no, I, I agree. I think, yeah, sometimes procurement is often kind of overlooked in that you're perhaps just seen as the person who raises purchase orders or does some form of kind of transactional um, activity within the business and they don't almost see the wood through the trees and that whatever value, you know, that individual or that team could bring, you know, a catalyst for growth, a, uh, a role model partner, not just for the people inside the business, but also outside. They often know the businesses um, and the relations within, how it works, who does what, etc. phenomenally. Um, so yeah, completely agree. You've obviously been in various kind of business disciplines. Like I said, chemicals, you've done IT, you've done a whole sort of other kind of indirect and direct category management. Yeah. How do you feel this kind of broad experience has influenced and you know benefited your career, you know, having a whole host of different experiences? Yeah, I think actually when I started out, I was probably I spent a lot of time in IT and um, so I became quite focused and developed a lot of deep uh, expertise on IT contracts, so data networks, um, uh, data centers, big IT outsourcing contracts. It beca- I did become very specialist. Yeah, quite niche. Yeah, and in doing that, I soon realized when it became time to take on the next step, I soon realized that um, I've narrowed my options down in terms of what I could do in the future. And, and I realized that I had to broaden out. So when I when I did broaden out, um, it added a huge amount. You know, I think anybody who has broadened their experience um, sees the same thing. They become more rounded. It gives them different perspectives, and ultimately, it makes them much more marketable in the yeah. future. You know, there's just so many other things that you can go into. So, so for me, um, it was essential for in terms of career progression that I that I, I broadened my horizons. Um, everybody who has bought um, has, has been in strategic procurement will tell you that every category has its own nuance or niche. There's kind of like, I maybe it's, um, I'm oversimplifying it, but I, of all the categories that I bought, I always think there's like one killer um, thing or nuance about a category that you really need to understand before you can deliver the category. Yeah, yeah. Um, so yeah, the only way you get that experience is by is by doing it. Yeah. And of all those categories, mm. what, what would you say has actually been the most challenging for you? Oh, good question. Um, IT is technical yeah. and complex. Um, so I think IT is probably up there. Um, I'd say oil, um, oil hedging, oil buying, uh, just because the market is so complicated and um, sometimes it's not logical, uh, so oil oil hedging can be can be quite tricky, and then anything that's really emotive or touches the stakeholders, so um, like canteen services, you know, <laughs> all the indoor company ones. cars. Yeah. yeah, don't mess with anyone's food yeah, or yeah. their car. Yeah, uh, they're they're some of the more challenging and more interesting ones. Yeah, no, perfect, and then. You know, biggest achievement in your career. You know, what is there any standout moments? Is there anything that you know once you've completed it, you're like, I'm over the moon. I'm super pleased with you know how that's come out. Is there anything that springs to mind? Yeah, I think uh, probably two things. Uh, slightly earlier in my career, at, uh, I worked for Alcoa Aluminium Co. 
and they wanted to set up a European function, uh, so they wanted to leverage key categories across the whole of Europe. And, and I was asked to join that team, and it was a brand new team. I was very young and inexperienced at the time, so it was a, an honour to be given the job, and I had to try and um, uh, marshal and corral all these different regions and, and encourage them to buy collectively. For the greater good of the the group, and it was a tough ask for someone fairly inexperienced, but it went really well. I was proud of the fact that we managed to pull these different buyers from these different cultures together and get them all pulling in the same direction. And that was that was probably a, that, that was a big achievement of, of my early career, and then more recently, um, establishing the function at Flamingo um, has been extremely challenging but also very very rewarding yeah. and, and similar theme really it's setting something up from scratch so a, a greenfield procurement function from scratch across multiple cultures um, so there are elements of the, this team in uh, Kenya, Ethiopia, Netherlands, um, the UK there's a big team in China uh, so establishing that function from scratch has been really really rewarding um, tough tough but yeah, and obviously on you know the team management for me, you know you were managing a team, I think roughly about twenty five people. You know what are some of the challenges that kind of you know over the last year or two that you and your team have faced? Um, specifically over the last year, I would say uh, interruptions to supply chain. Um, we've uh, we found the war in Ukraine um, has had a massive impact, and it has for a lot of people. But specifically for agriculture, it, it, it really interfered with the normal supply of fertilizers and chemicals. A lot of uh, the world's fertilizers come out of Belarus and Russia right. um, and Ukraine. So it's, it's, it caused a lot of interruption. We've had to watch um, that supply chain really closely, find alternatives, deal with the shortage of supply and the rising prices that you associate with that. So that's... That's been that's been challenging for the team. Um, um, sorry, my mind's blanked on challenges for the team. It's because you've solved them all. <laughs> <laughs> As if <laughs> solved a lot of them, but you know, in terms of ones that I'm able to talk about. Um, <laughs> Yeah, I think I think rising prices generally yeah. in macro economy, and again, that's something that's not unique to to our business, of course. Uh, yeah, trying to control. Yeah, each market has its challenges, doesn't it? And like I said, it it almost feels over the recent years it's been one crisis kind of almost after another. I don't feel like there's been a huge amount of respite, mm. um, and I think for a lot of businesses, having that supply chain diversity and that product availability yeah. and that risk mitigation has really come to the forefront of what's important for them to make sure that they can obviously still fulfill those customer orders. Yeah, absolutely. Leading on to, you know, you as a leader, mm-hmm. you know, what inspires you as a procurement leader? You know, why do you want to be a leader of procurement? Um, I think it's that ability to make a difference you know have an impact um, I was mentioning earlier about you can really change the fortunes of the company uh, if you get it right and that's that's something that really excites me um, as I said earlier I like the people element 
So I'm quite excited by uh, taking a team uh, or building a team from scratch and seeing it develop. Uh, as a leader, I enjoy being able to, um, to design that sort of target model. So this is where we're at today and this is, this is where we want to get to and this is the, the journey that we're going to go on to get there. I like um, the strategy, um, designing the function, designing the target operating model. Um, yeah, that's all stuff that excites me as a leader. Great. So obviously we've talked a lot about the challenges and the strategy, but coming back to then now kind of the people element and the team, how do you, or are there any ways that you found best to try and you know, foster an environment where innovation and continuous improvement can kind of flourish and you know, be left to each person's devices? How do you create a, you know, an environment, a culture like that? Yeah, I think, um, I think that's exactly uh, the answer. It's, it's, it's creating an environment and, and, and creating a culture where continuous improvement and collaboration can can flourish. So I think that starts at the top. For me, I'm personally someone who's really interested in continuously improving, continuously developing. Um, I, I probably hire people who are a little bit that way inclined as well. I, I, I want to hire people who, who constantly want to improve. I think hiring um, people who are curious as well always helps. Um, I think making it okay for them to make mistakes. Um, so as part of creating that environment, you know, no idea is a bad idea. Um, everyone's voice is important. And yeah, um, encouraging people to be, to, to come forward and be open with their ideas. Yeah, no, I agree. I think, you know, for my team, I have kind of three, I guess, rules you would, I guess you would kind of call it, which is, um, don't be afraid to ask questions, mm. fail fast, yeah. and hold each other accountable. And I think, you know, that for me personally helps try and create foster that continuous, you know, drive to improve what we do over here in terms of recruitment. Yeah. Um, Love fail fast. Yeah, fail That's fast. That's a good one. Just, yeah, yeah just look, it's going to happen. Fail yeah. fast, learn from it, move on and do better next time. Mm. Um, coming back to some of the things we've talked about before, you know the debate about procurement being, uh, you know, being within a, a a power of authority within a business, a seat at the table, you know, mm -hmm. so to speak, is sometimes often debated or questioned. Mm -hmm. It's you know you'll always see a a commercial director or a chief financial officer, or you know, words to that effect. You know, those are common you know functions to sit at the top of the table. Procurement sometimes though is is not. Mm -hmm. um, so, you know, what's your take on whether procurement should also be involved you know, in those kind of board level conversations? Yeah, I think ultimately you've got to earn the right. Um, if you want to be sitting at that table, you have to be able to justify your seat at the table by delivering value um, to the CEO and to the other people at the table. I think it depends on the size of the business and the nature of the business. It also depends a little bit on who's already sitting at that table, um, but but ultimately, I think it's it's um, it's something that we can influence. Um, my personal view is that absolutely, you uh, unsurprisingly, you want to have a, a procurement director or a CPO on the board. Um, I sit on the group board um, at my current company. I didn't when I joined. Yeah. Um, but I had to earn the right, I had to demonstrate the value of the function to be able to get the seat at the table. And I, I think 
I think I think you want to make yourself indispensable, um, you know, so that when people are having when people are having conversations at the board, um, there are questions that they want to ask where they think we really need to get procurement's input on this. Yeah, and eventually, uh, when that happens enough times. You know, procurement could add an interesting angle on this. We, we would like to hear procurement's voice on this. When that happens enough times, you're adding enough value. Eventually, they're going to say, look, it's going to be easier to have you in the room than to constantly go. Yeah, you're indispensable. Yeah, yeah. Bounce, bounce questions off to you. So I think, yeah, I, so to answer your question, yes, I, my view is that um, procurement should have a seat at the table, but that's up to procurement to to earn the right to be at the table. Yeah, no, I love that. I love that myself. Yeah, fully, fully agree. Um, technology, technology, AI, it's something that every time I refresh my LinkedIn feeds, there's another post regarding AI and technology. Some yeah. see it as good, some not so much. What's your perspective on technology mm-hmm. and how that can positively influence the procurement function now and moving into the future? Good question. So I think uh, it's obviously a hot topic. Uh, AI is very buzzwordy. Uh, like a lot of new technologies, the hype sometimes um, outperforms the actual value of it. Um, technology and procurement is super important. Uh, it's only going to become more important. Important is my my personal view, um, and I think it's come a long way. When you when you look at uh, spend analysis tools, uh, supplier relationship management tools. Um, e-tendering, it's, it's getting better over time and it's, um, it's able to add more value and it will continue to do so. I think big thing for procurement is which of the tools do you choose, you know, what is the technology stack that you go for and also how do you justify the investment in those tools. Um, the business only has limited money, which are the tools that are going to deliver the most value for your money. Um, and again, I think that varies by business and it depends, um, depends what other systems and tools they've already got. Um, it depends on uh, what the procurement function's remit is. Uh, when it comes to AI, I, I think it's potentially um, massive. Yeah. Right now, it's early days and it's, um, yeah, I think people are they're going through that hype curve. You yeah, know, it's a bit too much in its Yeah, and it's, it's got a lot of, like you said, a lot of eyes on it at the moment. Like you yeah. said, everyone perceives it to be this next big thing. And don't get me wrong, I've seen some fantastic looking, you know, like I said, tools out there. Mm. Um, but yeah, just, yeah, I was interested in your take as to whether or not that's going to be, you know, permanently transferable within a function. Yeah, I think, um, I think you'll always need human, humans and human intervention. I was saying earlier that I think procurement is a relationship business. Yeah. I don't think AI is going to change that. I think there are uh, functions that AI will perform, but there will always be that higher added value piece that humans need to do. Um, you know, the the high value, high risk, complex relationships. Um, you know, in my lifetime, AI won't replace uh, humans in that respect. Yeah, um, I think at the moment. There are some things that AI is good for, um, but it's it, as you said, it's in its infancy, it's pretty basic. I think where I find it useful and where my team finds it useful is when they have they want to get something started, 
if they've got a bit of writer's block or if there's a subject that they're not um, really well versed on. Go to ChatGPT, ask careful questions, give careful prompts, and it will give you a really nice starting position. Yeah, it can almost create that kind of that bed to then build on that foundation of sorts and whatnot. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah, perfect. Moving on to now the hiring part, obviously something mm-hmm. that I'm very much involved in. What what would you say are the, the top three points? And I appreciate obviously this might differ depending upon the level of the role, but just generically, mm-hmm. what would you say are the top three points that you look for in an individual when you are hiring? For procurement. Yeah. I would say three things. Uh, so for me, curiosity, really important in procurement. Um, I'd say uh, positivity. Generically, I just I just think positivity is really important. And humility. I, I think, yeah, maybe it's a personal thing, but I just, I just find people who are positive, who are humble, who are curious, they have got good building blocks to be good buyers yeah. or buying managers or heads of procurement. Um, I, I think the humility is really important for stakeholder management. Um, I think the curiosity is really important for understanding a category, getting to grips with it. Um, how does it work currently? How could I do it in the future? And I think positivity is just helps to foster a good team environment. Um, so I think uh, there are obviously other things as well. You know, I'm a huge fan of, I look for commitment and dedication, but but I think my top three, you know, like almost non-negotiables. Yeah. Yeah. Positivity, humility, and curiosity. Perfect. Perfect. So, what would you say are some of the kind of the key focus areas within procurement now? I think if you think back to yourself, you know, right now, what are some of the key areas that you are looking at thinking this is a, a particular area or a particular focus that we need to double down or we need to invest more time or we need to spend more time cultivating and bringing to life? Mm, I think we talked about um, supply chain and, and kind of macro geopolitical risk. Yeah, I think that's something that um, we as a team have been doubling down on. I think other procurement functions can do the same. We were talking earlier about procurement seat at the table and and how we justify our value. I think the the global challenges that we've had in the last few years with firstly COVID. Um, war in Russia, Ukraine, um, issue in the Red Sea now and with the Middle yeah. East and, you know, and whatever comes next, it's almost yeah. that, that kind of, that level of supply chain disruptions become the new normal in the last three to five years and it feels like it's not going to stop anytime soon. So I think for procurement, it's an opportunity to just expand our sphere of influence to add a bit more value. So yeah, instead of just talking about procurement or how many tenders have you run this week, um, how much have you saved me this week, it's strategically, it's a bit more important to be saying to the business, mm, have you thought about um, the risks that are currently emerging in the Red Sea? Have you thought about your plan B, your disaster recovery? What do you do if X, Y, or Z happens? Um, I think... I think procurement has the ability to be leading the business on some of this stuff, and I do think it it adds a lot of value. So, so yeah, that's a big 
focus area for us, and I think it will continue to do so. Yeah, agreed. Bringing back now all the way to when you first started, yes. What advice would you give your your younger self? You know, knowing what you know now, having experienced what you've experienced, yeah. you know, what would you what would you give you know Fraser back in the day as, <laughs> as advice? Advice. Uh, well, it was a very long time ago. I probably advise him to buy shares. You know? <laughs> um, uh, other than that, I think. Probably just believe, self-belief. I probably have a bit more self-belief. Uh, when I was younger, I felt like it wasn't my place to ask certain questions um, or, you know, I had to stay within the procurement box. I think as you develop in your career and you get more confidence and a bit more belief, you you don't mind asking those questions and reaching into other parts of the business. Uh, so if I could go back in time, I would say just have the self-belief and the confidence to just go and add value in, in other areas, not just in the area that you're focused on. Yeah, great. So as a, as a closing question, we're following a tradition where the current guest asks the next guest a question without knowing, obviously, as to who that guest is actually going to be. Mm, so mm. to put you on the spot, yeah. do you have a question for the next guest that we can ask? Um, a question I'd like to ask in the interview is, what is the hardest thing you've ever done, um, at, either at work or in your personal life? What's the hardest thing you've ever done? I love it. Yeah, great. Well, Fraser, thanks for taking the time to, to answer our questions. Thanks for being open. Thanks for having I can't me. wait to see what you know happens over the next few months, over the next few years. It's been a pleasure. Likewise, thank you.